Hello, and welcome to the Hometown Heroes podcast for Sunday, April 1st, 2018. What's going on? Welcome to Season 2, Episode, uh, I think, 10 or something. I don't know. Uh, But I'm just going to call it Season 2 because uh, anytime I just take a time off from doing it and not having a good enough excuse, I'll just say it's a season. That's, That's what it is. It's a season taking time. Uh, how's everything been going? Everything's been going good over here, staying busy, uh, except Laura's over there sitting on her ass. Reading. Reading. Uh, I'm not going to do too much time here, but because we got a really good episode. We did an episode with Alex Hooper. Alex Hooper is a comic in LA. He's hilarious. He's got his new album just dropped. It's a Pugs, Drugs, and Hugs. Hilarious. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, uh, or on his website. You can also get uh, his calendar while it's still early in the year, his uh, Pug Yoga calendar. Uh, It's great. Dude's hilarious. Uh, We had a good time talking about Baltimore. Um, That's where he grew up. And that's about it. I'm not going to do too much time up top. How's everything been going, guys? It's all right? Good. Great. A lot of rapes since the last time we talked. Seemed like every episode was about raping. Eh, It's not about rape anymore. Uh, A lot of kind of rapes. Um, Still have a reality TV star in the presidency. It's great. It's, you know, it's all good. Things are falling apart. We'll be okay. Because we're all from somewhere. A hometown. This is the Hometown Hero Podcast. Thanks. Okay. <coughs> I got your picture. I'm coming with you. Dear Maria, count me in. There's a story at the bottom of this bottle and on the pen. All right. Welcome to the Hometown Heroes Podcast with Joe Carl. Laura Abusaker, and today we have our guest, Mr. Alex Hooper. Hello. Fade this music out. Yeah, dipping back to the pop punk roots. Do you know know who that is? Was that Saves the Day? It is not. It is is All Time Low. Have you heard about them? All Time Low, yeah. You have heard of them. I I used to, like the early 2000s, like late 90s, I used to get down with all that stuff. All Time Low, they are from Baltimore, Maryland. They are actually from Townsend, Townsend, Towson? Uh, Townsend, yeah, which is where your high school is. Yes, Towson. Uh, that's how we introduce this podcast. We bring in some local music. Uh, just so you know, All Time Low, that that name of their band is, they took their lyrics from a song called Head on Collision, which is by... I, Newfound Glory. Newfound Glory. Yeah, I remember which, that. Which, if you're a, a listener of Hometown Heroes, is the band we talked about on Michael Lenoche's episode because they're from Coral Springs, Florida. So it all comes to it. Yeah, it all, I'm, lear- I'm learning already. See? All right. <laughs> Great. All right. So what what are we talking about today? We're talking about Alex Hooper. He's from Baltimore, Maryland. Hello. Hello. Uh, the beginning of the podcast, I like to go ahead and get the plugs in at the beginning because sometimes people listen and then, you know, you get to where you're going in your car and you don't listen to the end. So let's That's go true. ahead plug your stuff what do you got coming up uh please listen to my uh new album that just dropped on spotify itunes amazon pandora wherever you listen to music it's called hugs drugs pugs uh and it's an hour of me doing stand-up so please listen to that if you live in la come to crave uh it's a all-night party i throw with comedy and music and all kinds of other fun stuff uh and yeah go to hoopercomedy.com and see where i'm gonna be all over the place. You got any coming up at a Madhouse or anything? Any, any? I don't have any San Diego right now. I just booked Tahoe for a week in July, which nice. will be which will be great. A um, casino. Uh, Harris, yeah. Nice. The, there's the improv up there. Uh, so I'll be there in July. I don't have any San Diego right now though. Somebody just hit me up from down there to, that I need to come back. So I got to work on that. Awesome. Well, maybe at some point after this airs, you'll be going to Baltimore, Maryland, and doing some shows back home because we're going to talk all about it. Uh, you ready to learn some history? Please hit me All with right. it, Laura. Hit up some history. We're gonna we're gonna learn some timelines of the Baltimores, the Lords of Baltimore. Lord Baltimore. Lord yeah. Baltimore. Do you know about that? I, I know, of course. All right, sweet. All right, so starting way back when in 1624. Uh, so this is getting us to Baltimore. 
Yeah. All right. So England's Secretary of State, Sir George Calvert, announced himself as converted to Roman Catholicism and withdraws from public life. He received the title of nobility as Baron Baltimore. Baron Baltimore. In the Irish peerage for the town of Baltimore, in the western half, half of County Cork on the southern coast tip of Ireland in the province of Munster. He will be succeeded by descendants of five more Lord Baltimores. Lord. I feel like we need a Baltimore. Is that a Munster cheese? Is that where Munster cheese comes from? I think that's more German, perhaps, because this is Munster and that's Munster, although Uh. I'm not really a connoisseur. There's an E somewhere in Somewhere in there. Of NASA fame. Not to be... Moonster. Yes, and not Comes like the Adams the... Family knockoffs. Okay. So many Lord Baltimores, own. I though. mean, there's a lot. There were six Lord Baltimores, correct? A Baron yeah, Baltimore. followed by five, so yeah. That's, yeah. So, so that title was extinguished in 1771, but before then, in 1632, after an unsuccessful attempt to found an English colony in Canada, a second charter to a colony was granted further to the south in a more temperate climate by King Charles I of England to Sir George Calvert. First, Lord Baltimore. You must say the full title, of course. Uh, this second grant is named Maryland for the King Charles's wife and queen consort, Henrietta Maria of France, and was laid out with straight but irregular and exact boundaries along the eastern and western shores of the Chesapeake mm, Bay. Just like... Henrietta's curvy ass is what it was. Irregular. That's what it, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the Chesapeake Bay. Bay Bay. Ooh, Chesapeake Bay. B A E. Get that old bay old in there. Bay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bay. Yep. B A E. All right. That brings us to 1634. Uh, the Ark and the Dove, which were ships of George's eldest son, the second Lord Baltimore, Cecilius Calverts. The man who at this point would be the propertier of Maryland land on March 25th. What is March 25th? You might know know what that is. Uh, The day Jesus was conceived? I think in addition to that. (laughs) Isn't that right? He was born on on December 25th. The math adds up on that. That's to be sure. It's Maryland Day. I thought Jesus was a preemie. Uh, It's Maryland Day, right? Did you not know that? I did not know that. I I figured that was a day that you guys, that was one of those. No, the streets. Yeah, we we all just run naked through school. Every, you know, we're all just throwing streamers everywhere. It's Maryland Day, I mean, that's that's what I would no, I had well, no, I had no idea when. I, love Mar- it when I didn't we know there teach. was a Maryland Day. I That's love unfortunate. it. All right. Well, so for the next March twenty fifth. Yeah, yes. March twenty fifth. It just passed though. I mean, like uh, we had just done this a week ago. How am I going to remember this for next year? We'll remind you. Don't Thank worry. you. Please yes, do. Of course. Um, okay. So at that point, uh, they brought the first European settlers and African slaves because you can't have one without the other uh, to the new province of Maryland. Yep. That's yeah. when they came, the Lord Baltimore's. They uh, so this Cecilius Calvert. This is you've had to have heard that name yes, before, right? For sure, Calvert Street is a major street in Baltimore. Exactly. What yeah. goes on on Calvert Street? Is that like the? I don't know. Is that like the Broadway? No, not. I don't think so. Like uh, the major, like it's it's a major thoroughfare through downtown Baltimore, but I couldn't tell you what goes on there anymore. Mm-hmm. Is that all right? So what? And I want to make sure we know exactly where you grew up. You grew up? Did you grow up in Townsend? I grew well. I grew Townsend? up like like I grew up in Lutherville, Timonium, Cockeysville, Towson. Like they're all basically within ten minutes of each other. So okay. yeah, they're all just suburban little towns, twenty minutes outside Baltimore. Nice. That's yeah. how we usually do it. Usually we don't look at the entire city, but we're doing it today. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in downtown Baltimore though. Nice. So I love it down there. All right, Townsend. Uh, I mean uh, Baltimore. Uh yeah, Calvert. Wait, where did I go? Where where am I? Um, Cecilius uh, Calvert. That's what. That's the Lord Baltimore. He was the Lord Baltimore that Baltimore is named after mainly. And then we keep going. Lord Baltimore's fee for the charter. As if one. Cecilius Calvert wasn't a great enough name. He I know. Also yeah, it's Lord Baltimore in there. There's, Cecilia. Cecilia. I, yeah, all of them are. Just putting me to shame. Thanks, Abu Slacker. <laughs> All right. So you shouldn't have taken it. <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to know what your maiden name is because it must be horrendous. Yeah, it was. It was just boring. Um, <laughs> All right, so Lord Baltimore's fee for the charter, which was legally a rental of the land from the king, was one-fifth of all gold and silver, 
found and the delivery of two Native American arrows to the royal castle at Windsor every Easter. So they had to give all the gold and silver, or one-fifth of the gold and silver, along with two Native American arrows. That's that insane. Seems a, that seems like a weird tax. Yeah. Add-on. Yeah. yeah. Like, Why do you need the two Native American I want yeah. all the gold, all the silver. Well, you know, one-fifth. Yeah. One-fifth is all I want. But you got to throw in two of those little cool things that you find in the dirt. I just need to know. Actually, they didn't was... find it in the dirt back then. Back then, no, they no, just they took were just, it. They just, yeah. for sure. There was a, oh, it man. was attached to a scalp somewhere. That was like the original souvenir shop. Like, just. <laughs> yeah. That's... They were like, you know and what? it's still there today. <laughs> the, the king of England's like, you know what? I want to hold on to these. They're going to be worth a lot yeah. one day. You He's, know? His grandkids have them on keychains now. Yeah. <laughs> 200 years from now. Yes. That's how British kings talk, by the way. I think back then. uh, Okay. Um, Um, So the charter established Maryland as a palatinate. 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 Uh, keep saying maybe, All right. maybe at the eighth pronunciation, (laughs) one of you will get it right. What it did was give Baltimore and his descendants rights nearly equal to those of an independent state, including the rights to wage war collect taxes, and establish a colonial nobility. And also have plenty of local fried chicken joints. <laughs> totally. uh, every single block. Has Crab to. for days. That's it. I. That's crazy. Like, this guy, basically, back then, you could just own. That was just like his backyard. Literally, yeah. Maryland yeah. was like his backyard. I'm going to put a bunch of people there, slaves, owners, make it happen. And then just bring me all the gold, and I'll give the king one. one and that's fifth. what's crazy. He's not even there. That's. Yeah. I mean, at this just, point, there were as many people in Baltimore as there are in this apartment building, yeah. probably. That's true. So, like, yeah, there's just like, all right, cool, all 12 of us just spread out, and we'll just, <laughs> uh, you know, go wherever, try not to cross each other's paths. Very <laughs> true. So instead of actually going himself, he stayed behind in England to deal with a political threat and sent his younger brother, Leonard, oh, which fuck. I hope they said Leonard, because Leonard is, yeah, like, come on. Yeah, can't be a Leonard back then. He was like Cecilius Leonard. That's, <laughs> it's kind of like, your but father, family. I don't want to go take care of it. Send Leonard. <laughs> Just send Leonard. <laughs> Leonard. Um, Lord Baltimore himself actually never traveled to Maryland. I imagine Leonard just coming out of the closet. Did you have a cold base? Is it my turn to come out? Poor Leonard. Um, all right. So he had nine children. Of the nine, only three, including Charles Calvert, who you said is a big shot uh third baron baltimore survived to adulthood man only three of the nine yeah back then you had to have like nine because you right. knew oh, yeah. most of them were not gonna make it yeah, you just die kept, of the scurvy i bet they thought leonard out. i bet they had leonard as an extra yeah for sure they were just like look he's not gonna make it past six just call him whatever the fuck we want i don't know <laughs> totally just, they would have had, had a bunch they're like oh fuck cecilius actually made it oh, now we're stuck with leonard too <laughs> that's right leonard don't screw this up he hung around um later her name what be you typed this oh of the nine only uh oh whoops i i yeah anyway he had a daughter Uh. and later her name became the inspiration for the naming of one of the earliest counties to be erected uh as Anne Andrew County? Do you know that place? Anne Arundel. Anne Arundel, Arundel. Arundel County. Oh, you say it all like one, like Anne Arundel. Anne Arundel, Arundel, yeah. We say Anne Arundel County. Anne Arundel. Anne Arundel County. County. Everything kind of when you do people have yeah what is the Baltimore accent kind of it's it's uh, pretty distinct. Usually a lot of things just run together. It's a little lazy. Um, The main thing is like you know you'll hear like the R in water and stuff like that. Like people say water instead of water. Uh, It's it's just. I don't know. It's it's a weird. It's kind of a bizarre accent. It's not like super distinct, but if you watch John Waters movies, you hear it. I don't hear very, it at all. It's funny. Whenever you won't I, hear it in me for sure. Well, I, I anyway, don't have it. yeah. Anyway, I've met a lot of people from DC. My brother-in-law's from DC. It's like I don't hear an accent with DC uh, and Maryland, um, but it's more like just like the attitude. You know, yeah, it's more of an attitude than an accent. You won't you won't hear it until you meet someone that really has it, and then you go, "Why are you talking like that?" Yeah. And it's just like, "Oh, because you probably never left Baltimore." Do you and hear it going back? For sure. Okay. Like I did a podcast with a guy with a comic last time who's been a Baltimore comedian for 25, 30 years, something like that. And as soon as I walked in his house and he was, we started talking, I was like, "Ah, oh, there it is. I love it." So the only thing about Baltimore accents that I know is from The Wire, and that they say Baltimore. Baltimore instead of pronouncing the Balt. A lot of the a lot of when you get real lazy, you just say Balmer. 
Balmer. Yeah. Balmer. Yeah. Balmer is a big one. So it really is just running shit together. That yeah, I guess I guess it sounds weird if you're just like I'm from Baltimore. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you know, some people you would like, have to be right. a Lord Baltimore. You have to, to be a Baron Baltimore or a Lord Baltimore, <laughs> Duke with Baltimore. But yeah, no one's you just I'm from Baltimore. I, I just say I'm from Baltimore. But the average person there is like I'm from Baltimore. Yeah. From Baltimore. The, and another thing in the wire is that I remember them uh saying police mm-hmm. and so, is that something normal police my dad says that we so. are police i remember they would say we are police instead of like we are the police mm-hmm. i never understood that and they never explained it in it that was my one gripe with that show that's your, that. that's your one gripe everything that's, else i mean it's a masterpiece yeah, that's, I was but, saying, that's a pretty small gripe yeah exactly it's a great show were the writers local the, yeah. Of the, yeah, yeah, there, were, there was it was a former detective and a uh, and the beat writer for the uh, city paper that created the show and wrote awesome. the show. Mm-hmm. So that that's why it's so real. It's because yeah. like they're all based in reality. All the facts and statistics are all like it's crazy how accurate it is. Hands yeah, down, nuts. one of the best shows. It's awesome series. We didn't watch it until like two years ago. Oh yeah, that's even better than oh, it yeah, was nice. really good because uh, you realize uh, sometimes our decades get uh, mixed up because like the 2000s it's just all like oh the two th- it goes 80s 90s 2000s but you forget that there was a 2000s and then the 2010s and so looking back at it the fashion in the 2000s was it was very distinct. A lot of thick coats. Yeah. A lot of thick shirts, I mean. They had beepers, pagers. That oh, yeah. Pages, yeah. Sure. A lot of the Worst post-9-11 season. stuff. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. great. Uh, all right. Keep on going. Okay. Had nine children. So back uh, here, we're back with Cecil Calvert. Um, died in Middlesex, England on 30 November 1675. He was succeeded by his son and heir, Charles Calvert, 3rd Baron Baltimore. All in all, there would be six Baron Baltimores. Baron Baltimore. But, as you can imagine, after almost 150 years of being governed by a lord and tights across the Atlantic, the people of Maryland, along with all the other colonies, had had enough. Enter... The American Revolution. <laughs> and after that war was all said and done in 1776, Maryland sends last royal governor Sir Robert Eden under Lord Baltimore's prop- proprietary government of Henry Harford illegitimate son of Frederick Calvert, sixth and last Lord Baltimore, packing to England. Mm. It's funny, like literally nine, every one of those names you say is a name of a county in Maryland. That's what I was going to ask yeah, you. Yeah, like Harford County, Cecil County, Frederick County, like they're all, they're they're all represented. Is there an Eden Street? Probably, what's, somewhere. What's Hartford County like? Hartford County? Yeah, I would um, love to know. I don't know it that well. I mean, I think it's fairly rural, uh, pretty just, you know, residential small like nothing too much there's no reason to go there unless you already live there i love that because it's named after henry hartford who would have been the seventh baron baltimore uh if it wasn't for leonard no if it wasn't for george washington's big old dick just uh kicking them all out you know what i mean like it would be yeah it was that was the end of it i thought you literally meant that and i wanted to hear that story so well yeah he George Washington won with his penis. Yeah, you had, if, you, if you were the first president of this country, you know you'd like to swing your dick around. Uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Monument. Speaking of which, the first uh, George Washington monument, uh, not in D.C., it was actually in, in Baltimore. Baltimore. I know exactly where that is. I used to, I used to skate it. So. I was going to say, I used yeah. to wax it up and skate it. So <laughs> He's sorry, G.W. G.W.'s <laughs> wiener got waxed and skated on. Uh, yeah, by Alex that's, what, that's, what, that's what you get We're for here. telling lies about your, about your cherry. That's right. Because you know what? That whole story's a lie. (laughs) The whole story's about about not lying, and the whole story is a a fucking fib. And where did that, who came up, like, where does that even just, like, let's make a fable of the president. I just Something to tell first graders in the 1800s, I guess. Yeah. They told kids insane things all the time. I mean, they still do, to be honest. I was a teacher in the South, I'll tell you. It's true. It's true. To not teach in the South anymore. That's for damn sure. I'm teaching out here now. So. No, I love that Hartford County is somewhere that no one really cares about because he was the illegitimate child of uh, the six Baron Baltimore. So it's kind of perfect. It's yeah, kinda... he was a bastard child. No one, he, yeah. He kind of, ri- not only was he not blood of the Barons, he was Jon Snow. Yeah. Oh. Yes, exactly. It was Jon Snow if Jon Snow did nothing good. Ruined it. 
All right. (laughs) (laughs) How much of the history that we just shared did you know already, if any? Very, very little. I mean, that that I would have actually remembered very, very little. Because that was pre-Maryland, really. Yeah, and I used to, of course, we, like, watched videos and stuff in elementary school and middle school of, like, here's the history of where you live, everybody. But, like, you don't, most of that stuff doesn't really retain Mm -mm. with you. Why would it? Yeah, I don't need, I mean, but now, I mean, I'm just going to be thinking of Leonard all the time. My dad's best friend is named Leonard, so. Perfect. Yeah. I hope you find a connection there. I, I really do. I think I already did. <laughs> I wonder what happened to Leonard. I know, that's, I feel like we need to follow up. There's not much on Leonard. That's the thing. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, probably. he got he got to Maryland. He was like, this is much better over here. I don't know why I keep switching his accents from. New Jersey. Yeah, I like when he was like, That's, okay. yeah. This is, this is the good Leonard. <laughs> That's how I picture Leonard. For Look, sure. let's just go down to Annapolis and form a new city. <laughs> now, now it turned into Bill Cosby a little bit. <laughs> new city. They say that the new Maryland is going to be great. All right. So, moving on from the history, here's some things that maybe you might uh, be a little more familiar with. Yeah, let's hear Um. We're going to do a little round of Baltimore Charm City trivia. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I have a I'm few about questions. I'm to fail so hard. I have a few <laughs> questions for you. You can do this. Sorry, Baltimoreans, if I <laughs> do miserably. All right, let's go. All right. So, Baltimore is known as a city of firsts. Which of the following was not a first Baltimore claim? A, first umbrella factory. B, first dental school. C, first taxi service. Which of the following was not? I know for a fact that the first dental school was there. I know that one is real. Uh, That's correct. I know that one is real. I I don't. Umbrella factory or taxi service. I mean, it seems like a great place to have an umbrella factory. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with the umbrella factory was also there. So the taxi service was not there. That is correct. Yes. Yes, so that far is so well good. Well done, well done. Some other firsts, uh, the first post office system was there, railroad station, first civic monument to George Washington, and the first professional sports organization. Do you know which which organization this was? Not one of your typical. No, I don't think I. I'm. Is, is it like the the cricket club? Croakers. Very, very close. <laughs> yeah. The Maryland Jockey Club. Jockey yes. Club. Oh yes. Did you know any jockeys or? No, is that a thing? I knew a bunch of people that rode horses because okay. I live. I like uh, where I live. There were some very famous like horse uh, uh, farms nearby. Perfect. So, yeah. You know, Pimlico uh, there. Yep. Actually, George Washington was a big. Uh, he went to every uh, Maryland Jockey Club race up really? in, up until the American Revolution. Yeah, it was one of his favorite places to go. That's oh. real. That's real. Just right. looked it up. Okay. It's not like he had the job to do as a president or hey. anything like he that. He wasn't a president yet. He was just a chilling old <laughs> just... general at that time. All right, number two. This one, I think you'll get in trouble if you don't know, because I. What I'm projecting is this is like the one thing you learn in history class. Okay. I also could be way wrong. In what year was the Great Baltimore Fire? I'll give you. I'll give you three choices. Eighteen. Nope. Nope. I'm already. I'm already. I'm already <laughs> but, done. But listen, and then maybe 1904, 1914, 1924. I'm gonna say it was 1914. You were going with 1800s, which is closest uh, to 1904. There you go. Uh, 1904. Yeah, I don't. Is that a big? thing the great baltimore fire that people talk about it's not the chicago fire i can tell you that much uh (laughs) nobody's writing songs about that one (laughs) so uh i mean i i i knew there was that but yeah i I wouldn't have remembered the year call back to joe marisi's episode if you want to learn more about the chicago Chicago fire Fire. and learn about uh joe marisi's chicago episode that's right what i thought was cool about the great well there's really bad things which is one that it blazed for 30 hours and destroyed 1500 buildings um, but it was caused because of a mismatched hose joint, so it actually led to the standardization of fire equipment nationwide. Hey, look at that. Baltimore I mean, changing the world. I've a smoked a few lining. hose joints. Yep, me too. Yeah. Smoked a lot of hose joints. It's a, 30 hours is so funny because now we have, like in California, it's like, oh, it's been going for six months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's never going out. I don't get, yeah, I never understand those like fires that took down a whole city. I'm like, 
They not have. It's on the bay. Just go get some buckets of water, right? Apparently, that's not how it works because we just had this worst fire right by the Pacific Ocean in Ventura. I guess. No, so, I, I guess know. there's more. To I don't it. understand how I'm fires work. Right. Is what I'm saying. That's what I, I think we've all learned. I don't know what flames are. I just know that we didn't start it, mm-hmm. so. and that's really what's most important. Uh, the fire. Uh, yeah. There you go. Who's uh, burning? When the world's been Yeah, we got a word nowhere. We didn't um, light it, but we tried to fight it. Leonard started the fire. <laughs> oh, Which, by the way, I just found out something about Leonard. Uh, he is buried somewhere in Maryland. Oh, no one knows. We should go. No one knows. No one knows where he's no buried. No way. The location of Leonard Calvert's grave has been lost to history. For Archaeologists all, for all believe I know, it's. You know, I've sat on it What's somewhere. It, it's your backyard. I mean, what, yep, imagine. imagine. Leonard. We need a Leonard, Leonard was detector. the true he- hero of I Maryland. Mean, really. I, there should be a Leonard Calvert statue somewhere. Well, let's erect one. Day. One. one day. When next time you guys are ready He's got to a hunchback and a googly eyes. <laughs> I'm buried somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's got buttons to where you can give Leonard different voices. <laughs> I don't know where I'm there. I'm here. I'm here for it. I would like a Russian Leonard, please. All right. <laughs> Sounds like All a drink right. you would order. <laughs> Boss had to hit me with a Vodka Leonard, and please. failure. That's, yeah, exactly. the, that's the Russian Leonard. <laughs> um, all right. So up next, uh, number three, which of these notable athletes is not a Baltimore native? A, Michael Phelps, B, Ray Lewis, or C, Babe Ruth? Not a Baltimore native. You can claim two of these all stars. Well, so it's funny. Like I know, obviously, I know. I know Michael Phelps says because he went to the high school right next to mine. Yes. I don't know if Ray Lewis was actually born in Baltimore. Uh, I also don't know if Babe Ruth was born in Baltimore. But I'm gonna say because we're going with born there, right? The yes. answer to the question is born Correct. there. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, it's Ray Lewis is our odd man out on this one. Yep. He's yes. a Florida man. He's Miami. Bar- Barto, Barto, Bartow, Florida. That's yeah. where he's. He, he's, yes. he's Miami, born and raised. And we got the babe. That's awesome. Babe, yeah. babe you tomorrow. Did, you didn't know this? I thought I figured this was something you knew because the, the Babe Ruth uh, birthplace and museum is in Baltimore. Oh. That'd yeah. be kind of cool to go to. Yeah. I probably have been to that. I feel like at some point in elementary school, you, you definitely took a field trip Absolutely. there. Yeah, we, we must have. I mean, all the, all the, all, but like at that time I was so much more interested in just goofing off and just being an asshole mm-hmm. on field trips and just trying to get away with whatever I could, you know? Oh, dude, field trips were the best. Oh, dude, know? I was the kid that would like try to touch the painting when no one was looking, you know? They're like, stay back. And I'm just like, watch me touch it. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> Um, First kisses were always on a on a field trip. You guys remember that? Well, I remember. You were I, on a field trip when you were nineteen. That is insane. <laughs> oh yes, I do remember that the sly Holding hands, hand hold on the bus, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is really like pinky touching, and you're all sweaty, and you're like, Ooh. but it's like on the way. Maybe that was just me, but on the way back to school. Yeah, because you kind of like you kind of like make eyes at someone during the field trip. Blowjobs, right? Yeah, field trip blowjobs. Full on. Yeah. Talk to Jay Light about that one. Oh, good to know. (laughs) Yep. Why? Did Jay Light go to a Catholic school too? He had a priest. Uh, I was about to answer that earnestly. (laughs) Sorry, not earnestly, Leonardly. Sorry. (laughs) That's the new term when you're being stupid. You're being being very Leonardly right now. Um, Quick note if we have time later, you also have claim to Johnny Eckhart, which is known as Half Boy. I don't half know if boy. you're familiar I've never with heard him. of this guy. Before. I've never heard of Half Boy. Um, he was basically the most interesting thing besides Alex wow, Uber that I found to come out thing. of. <laughs> wow. Wow. Half Boy. Yes, he was a he was a sideshow freak, um, but lived to age 70, crazily enough. Half a body. Um, Which half? What, the, or was it like right down the middle? It was just like, his legs. Just the legs, which it was is just the, most. the legs walking around. <laughs> I would have liked if it was like a vertical cut <laughs> down oh, yeah, the middle. Like, <laughs> so this is him. I mean, he's, you can see here. What what I like the most, and, and we can move on, but I just thought, which was great, is that his, his one of his most um, impressionable moments was that students in the schoolyard would fight each other for the honor of lifting him up the stone steps to school 
and the school windows were blacked out to discourage throngs of curious onlookers from peering in during his studies. So Whoa. I didn't know if you knew anything about him, but I think I would have been like I would have throngs throngs of them. I would imagine that's what you call his fake legs. Oh. <laughs> his throngs <laughs> running around, around on, on my throngs. Oh, poor. I mean, the half man. Anyway, I just feel like I'm kind of a freak, so I would have connected with this guy. Um, Not that kind of freak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't, I don't think you have the upper body strength that Half-Boy probably has. To be fair, that's, that's true. Um, okay, number four. Which of these is legal in Baltimore? I feel like maybe you'll. Ooh. Okay, so can you take a lion to the movies? Can you be in a public park? With a uh, sleeveless shirt, or can you sell chicks within one week of Easter? Which one can you Which do? Which one can you do? I I think you can... It just seems so obvious to say you can be shirtless in a park, but that's probably why you can't be shirtless in a park. I'm gonna Sleeveless say, shirt in a park. A, sle- a sleeveless shirt you in can't. a park. Yeah. No, I'm going to say... I'm going to say that the you can... I'm going to say you, you can take a line to the movies. Can you um, take a line? Because I've taken a line to the movies, and if it was illegal, nobody ever told me. I think your statute of limitations is up, uh, so you're good, because they're actually all illegal. It was a trick question. Everything. Oh, I'm illegal. sorry. You can't wear a sleeve of shirt in a public park in you Maryland? You can't. And I only included that because... I just wanted you to know that next time you slackline yeah, for real. in Baltimore, oh, yeah. just as, be careful. As someone who enjoys being shirtless more yes. than I probably should. I think in you can be parts. shirtless. You just can't have a shirt without sleeves oh, on Oh, fair it. enough. So, so you, oh, could, okay. you could wear like half Much boy better. shirt and just wear like yeah, the, the I'll torso. Call, I'll call up John Eckert and yeah. just be like, hey. <laughs> so wait, I, you can't sell chicks one week away from Easter? Cannot. Mm-mm. What kind of chicks are we talking about? I know, yeah. That's, are we talking wire, like yeah. uh, pimp and hose? What, yeah, what really goes down on Calvert Street? I don't know, but... I can't sell chicks. I wonder why. Probably because then people would breed them, and then they'd get them in an Easter basket, and then just... What? What? Chicks? Gonna, Chickens. One week away from Easter? Yeah, of course. You can't breed a chicken that fast. But what I... Oh... You got to get these chicks in. We got to protect these chicks from the Easter crazies out there wanting to eat on. As soon as they breed, the eggs just start hatching immediately. We have to sell Easter eggs, all right? We can't go selling chicks a week away, and then that's going to take our, our bottom line here. All right. To be honest, it made a lot of sense to me and was topical, and now that you guys are talking about it, I'm like, I don't know why you wouldn't. We can't, we can't have people making their own Easter eggs, all right? We got to sell these things. Fair. Yeah, what's Fair. the Paws Corporation going to do <laughs> just start selling chicks? You know what? No wholesale marshmallows a week away from Easter either, all right? You can only buy them in piece by piece. Yes, so next time you go back peep home. Peep by peep. Oh, uh, you. you son of a bitch. Ah, sorry. Somebody, <laughs> had, to, somebody was, had to do it. Absolutely. I'm glad you did. Um, all right, you've done pretty well so far. Um, this is our fifth and final. So He's done awful. What are you talking about? Yeah, I've gotten I, two. Just, I've gotten two out of four. Don't be polite. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. You can. I can. <laughs> I, I can take a beating. Trust He's me. from Baltimore. He can take. He can take. You know, they're rough and tough there. That's right. right. From what I hear. Um, okay. So, which of these famous authors has a highly frequented resting place in Baltimore? Ed Brown Poe. Boom. Yes, He's got even it. Need. I don't need. Cho- I don't need choices on that one. What I wanted to ask you about you're is... Funny, you're like, no, it's Lena Dunham. <laughs> Weird. Not soon She died. No one cared. <laughs> what so, you want to ask me? What I thought is kind of cool is that, um, one, it seems that people, when they come visit, bring a lot of cat treats because there's a lot of cats that keep watch over his grave. And since... 1949, every year on the night of Poe's birthday, a mysterious stranger in black left a bottle of cognac and three roses on his grave and just as mysteriously stopped in 2010. Probably because he died. He definitely died. Like, from 49 to, yeah, he's I was 61. just trying to figure out the year that you moved out here. 61 years. And if this is a family tradition, I was trying to piece it together. wasn't sure if you were connected I from just, the, from 1940. Yes, yes. I was no, hoping you had some connection. There. I like the idea though that somebody has to like sneak up and be Absolutely. like in the stealth of night and just like wear all black and just be like, all right, I'm just gonna leave this liquor and. I roses. mean, someone was committed. 
I yeah. just it was a like it was an emo kid in high school in the forties, and then he was yeah. like, "I'm never gonna grow up because I hate you, Dad." Yeah. <laughs> Dad, I do wear black and I like it. All right. Meanwhile, the people that run the museum, they're like, "It happened again <laughs> every year." <laughs> Um, well, you did pretty well. What, three, three, out three out of five. Yeah, that's that's not bad. yeah there you go. I'm glad you bad. figured out the percentage. I'll take a 60. Yeah, all right. What I'll take a, a D minus. Hopefully you learned something, which really, you know, at the end of the day is you can't replace That's the learning, more important thing, so. right. Is it true Poe was like never successful at all until after he died? Um, yes, he was also impotent. Ooh. Wow. Didn't I, I, I would write dark stories like that too if I was yeah. impotent. Impotent. <laughs> impotent. Impotent means oh, you can't get it up, right? It, he was a very impotent. Impotent, impotent. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he couldn't get it. He hard. couldn't get it. Up. Okay, yeah. I always get impotent, and uh, what's the one where oh, you just don't have any blanks? Yes. Uh, sterile. sterile. Yeah, sterile. I get those two mixed up. We I all got that like at the exact to, same time. Yeah. All three of us <laughs> said that at exact. Can we pinpoint the moment on the podcast, <laughs> please, where all of us were perfectly in sync? <laughs> sterile. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he couldn't. Wow, he couldn't mm-hmm. ever. Mm-mm. Boy, oh boy. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I think about his 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 works, and there was like literally twenty two hours a day were just spent just shaking it, going, "Come on, <laughs> come on!" Because that would be all. Because you couldn't even like jerk it at Nothing. all. Man. Suddenly, the cask of Amontillado makes so much more sense. <laughs> exactly. It's just like you know what? I'm in my own prison. I'm gonna put this guy in a prison. Really? Oh man, I remember reading that they they had like children's books mm-hmm. versions of yeah. all the classics. You remember? And it had pictures. Yeah, Dude, I remember reading that. One when I was like eight years old. Up in the wall and it's yeah, but it's a, yeah, it, but it's know. like a clown be, being yeah. put in there because the remember he was a Joker yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, creeped me out forever. Yeah, but if you look back at all of his works through the lens of an impotent man, you can kind of forgive the guy. So. I'm, I mean, I had nothing to forgive him for. You know? I, was, I, was, I wasn't sitting here with all this Poe rage. <laughs> this motherfucker. I swear to God, dude. I swear to God, I will go Leonard on his ass if he ever comes near me. All right. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's the history, right? Yes. That's the history yeah, of Baltimore. I, I feel. Do you feel like you learned something? For sure. Yeah. You do? All right. I, I, uh, Is there anything major we overlooked yeah what other historical things of baltimore do you know about that we should have known i mean there's certain like there's certain like things like in downtown like did you read about the shot tower at all like no. that's a major landmark in baltimore it's just this giant brick uh like just cylindrical like tower where they used to drop the lead balls off of to make cannonballs they used to drop them from the top to dry them uh and that's a major like baltimore thing there's uh there's the city's got so much history like there's a whole section of it called the block uh which is like where all the porn theaters and and stores are and stuff like that and it's literally a whole strip that was just for from like probably the 30s on was just all there where where all the dirty deeds happened in baltimore city and i used to go down there to get hot dogs because there was a really good hot dog place my dad used to think it was so funny that like because you know all the barkers like hey you boys want to come in here (laughs) and my dad used to think it was funny just to wait in the car and make me have to go walk by myself down that street just here for a wiener (laughs) that's it (laughs) just wieners for me (laughs) yeah foot long sir please Hey, boy, you ever seen a pussy before? <laughs> I didn't want to say that word. I was like, the first thing that popped in my head, I was like, oh, no. Oh, this is a pussy-friendly podcast. Okay, thank God. Pussy-positive podcast. There we go. I like Ooh, it. PPP. Yeah. I like it. Cool, man. All right, well, that's the history of Baltimore. We want to hear the history of Alex Hooper in Baltimore. Here we go. So take us back. You're born. Were you born in Baltimore? I was born in Baltimore. I was born at Mercy Hospital. Uh, Mercy me. Mercy Hospital in downtown. I was born into uh, a very uh, artistic family uh, on my mom's side. Everyone on my mom's side is very artistic. My dad's side, not at all. Everyone on my dad's side, for the most part, is pretty practical. Mm -hmm. And then my mom's side is like, my grandmother was a professional actress. My grandfather was a concert pianist. Like, my uncle's a graphic designer. Like, they all did. My grandfather was, another one, my grandfather was a poet. Like, there's all this... All this kind of stuff like that. So I was encouraged to, you know, be a performer from a very young age. But I was also a very angry, misguided human being from a very young age. I hated the world and everything in it. Uh, So, you know, it was nothing about Baltimore that I hated. It was just like, that's just, you know, that was just my background for everything. But 
Is that too, is, is it too much encouragement of creativity and expression? Why, what is that kind of like brooding artist? It's not, it wasn't even like, for me, it was just like, I, I just, I hated myself so much. Like okay. I didn't like, I, I don't know why. I, I mean, I know, I know a big reason why. A big reason why is because I had crippling eczema that was just absolutely terrible. So I was always uncomfortable and I hated the way I looked. I hated the way I felt. So if you hate th- those things about yourself, you're pretty much going to hate everything. Right. So I didn't like, I didn't appreciate the city as much as I probably could have. Um, but, you know, I grew up in a middle class family and like in a very you know beautiful area there's trees everywhere and parks everywhere and it's the kind of place where like you can just you can bike six miles over to uh, to like your friend's house and just throw your bike in the lawn and nobody cares you know like that that was was pretty nice Someone, someone out there is furious right now. I did care. I did. I didn't want your fucking bikes there. <laughs> this son of a. All right. But I also like. I mean, I really, I really, I was always, I always wanted more things. I think I started like seeking out drugs at a very early age. Like I was probably like when I was like eleven, I started to, like look for the kids who were smoking pot. And I'm like, where is it? I want to do it. I want to <laughs> do it. So is the is the drug scene in Baltimore? Do you think it's comparable to? Is there anything unique or? It's it's the drug scene in Baltimore is a lot more. I mean, obviously, like I wasn't like I, when I was in high school when I was there, so it's different. But I mean, obviously, what most people consider the drug scene in Baltimore is not a drug scene I would ever want to be a part yeah. of. Yeah. You know, that's like when you get to that downtown, it's you know, crack, PCP, heroin. Like mm-hmm. at one point, Baltimore was like the heroin capital, like as far as deaths went, like in mm-hmm. the world. So I mean, we were really killing it for a, a short time. That's, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna have it, be the best at it. There is like a that's like there's I wonder if there's a drug map because it probably changes now. I know everywhere now is just basically heroin because everyone's just hooked on opiates. You guys were like right. hipsters. You guys were like we we were yeah we started before. we were doing heroin <laughs> before you had to start off with a prescription. Exactly. Right? Um, but like you know like down in the south it's all meth. You know that's the hard drug. You know then there's like the heroin beltway. You know, mm-hmm. I wonder yep. if there's a map somewhere out there. Sure, there is. My biggest connection to this, to the actual like downtown Baltimore, came when I was when I was fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. I started uh, rollerblading, like uh, aggressive skating, man. Dude, I love like, rollerblading. Dude, yeah, it was it was great. It was it was it was so much fun. And I started doing that with my brother and my friends. And so we would go to downtown Baltimore like at least once a week, and we would just me and a few friends would just like skate around the city, and we would get to know like the city that had always been, you know, we were sub- suburban kids. So now we get to go down to the city by ourselves and just like see it in this urban playground kind of way and just like, okay, we, where can we find a set of stairs to jump over or like a rail to grind down or something like that. And so I started to get to know the city and the more intricacies of its people while like during that like then and I started to realize that I had been I led a pretty sheltered life as far as like what I had actually seen because then all of a sudden there's I'm just I'm talking to homeless people like all the time that are just like at the spot that I'm trying to skate I'm like dude get up man your blanket's on my fucking ledge no, that's not true um but you know I started to like get more in touch I think with the city yeah. and I would be down there a whole lot more and I just I loved going downtown and just like it was alive down there that's cool it was also terrifying uh, how did you commute there uh, either uh, like for before I could drive my dad would drop me off or I'd take the light rail there's, okay. uh, so there's, there's, yeah, public. Yeah, there's public transit that would take you down there super how easy. old were you around this time 14 15 14? yeah, yeah. so yeah. I was I was really skating for like for like four or five years I was skating almost every day I always wanted to be able to do that, like live in a city, because I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So right. like, I could walk for an hour and not see another person from my place. So like, I always, wa- I always like thought it'd be cool to be able to like, just go in a huge crowd of people in a city. You kind of, you what were close. I, well, that's what I wondered too, because part of when we talk to people about this is just hearing different perspectives and I was like suburbia like cookie cutter like you could pick from like four different house models and and the the city I live closest to is Nashville but we didn't really have light rail or any kind of public transportation so I couldn't really go into the city like that so I always knew I wanted to live in a city because I wanted the exact opposite experience of what I had so that's what I was going to ask you. I always think about Ansley too our kid she lives like right off the Sunset Strip and it's just crazy to me like I couldn't imagine 
And is she going up. at some point crave like suburbia? You Probably. Know? So that's. I would think so. I mean, my brother, my brother lives in the middle of Alaska now. Like he's a part. He works in Denali. Like mm-hmm. you know him his fiance. He was like, I gotta get. Like he went to he did from Baltimore went to school in Philly and was just like, I don't want to be in a city. Yeah. Ever again. You so know? the fact that you were kind of able to go back and forth in between like suburb city. I like I've always liked city life. Yeah. Like I like I, I I like the layout of cities and because of rollerblading, I've always looked at them differently. Like I look at the architecture, even though mm-hmm. I don't really understand it. I would always look at it for my own personal use of just like, well, how can I benefit from the way this is planned out? But there was something about just like skating around the city with your friends that was very freeing and very just like, you know, the winds hitting you in the face and like you're just riding down hills and it was a really cool way to explore a place that I had lived so close to my entire life but never really gotten to be a part of yeah did you, you have know? curfews or things like yeah, that yeah I mean to an extent like I mean my parents, in my mind I'm like man like you yeah know, like I was, it, was, it wasn't freedom. like alright 2.45 yeah. guys <laughs> what are we doing down here like no I mean I would usually have to when I was in high school I had to be home by I think 11 or midnight okay. unless I was in trouble which was all the time yeah. uh, at which point I had to be home much earlier nah that's cool man like I like the idea of I, I'm, I think that's cool your parents were like go out you know just do shit, you know? I try, wanted, I'm trying to do they that They knew more. how unhappy I was, and so I, they knew it was like that was one thing where I would finally be like, oh, I feel like, I feel good. Like, mm-hmm. about, I like doing this. I'm having fun all the time. It's good, you know, it's obviously good exercise and things like that. I would get hurt every once in a while. I broke my wrist at one point. I, bro- I fractured my knee at one point. So, like, bad things would happen every once in a while, but, like, they knew that I was much happier when I was rollerblading. Mm-hmm. My college essay was called How Rollerblading Saved My Life. Like, that's how into that's it great. I was. That's amazing. Yeah. We all have our thing. Do you still have some blades? Do you still go at all? I. It's funny. Uh, I bought some yesterday, but only, here's the reason. I'm, I'm doing uh, a live show today uh, where I'm going to, uh, where you talk about a religion. It's called Choose Your Own Religion. Uh, and you pick, like, what you want to talk about as your religion. And my girlfriend thought it'd be really funny if I talked about rollerblading. So I went out yesterday and I bought a pair of rollerblades, specifically the fact that I'm going to wear them tonight on stage, do a crazy bit, and then return them tomorrow. That's Why Perfect. you return them? You got to uh, get back because into the I blades. Can't, because I can't. Like, I know if I kept them, I would just start skating all the time. And I already do this. I already slack line. Like, I can't. I can't get back into it. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that's just rollerblading around the city. I want to be the guy that's rollerblading around the city. I, I, think saw, him, I, saw, I saw the West Hollywood rollerblader yesterday, so <laughs> it's... Um, what happened to rollerblading? Why did it turn into, like, a punch punchline? It's it, just... It, it, it's it, just, that's exactly what happened. Like, literally, there were a few skateboarders that came in and basically said, like, it's this is this is the gayest thing of all time. Well, Why? and how it's portrayed in movies, it's always it's the just guy. Wheels. It's yeah. the no, wheels. There's no difference, Yeah, man. like, when did, somebody at some point decided we're gonna give it a bad rap like that had to be a like a conscious decision you you know the joke you know the joke what's the hardest part about rollerblading telling your parents you're gay like you know some people say like that like helped destroy rollerblading in some ways but I think a lot of it was because anyone like like I think a lot of skateboarders and people like that didn't like it saw it as like the Venice Beach style rollerblading right. where you're putting on neon and just like just trucking up and down the boardwalk yeah. all day. Just like, yeah, look at me. And not just like as an actual like extreme sport where right. you would progress and practice and like do things. The thing is, the thing is I, what I never understood is I was watching rollerblading videos and skateboarding videos at the time and rollerbladers were doing such crazier That's things. That's what I'm saying. Such yeah. bigger things than a skateboarder could ever do. And still the skate, like anytime I met a skateboarder and when I was skating in downtown, like my friends and I would run into groups of skateboarders, they'd be like, oh, what's up queers? Like they call us fruit booters and all these other stupid <laughs> names. Booters. Yeah, dude, uh, was it gays on or uh, they would call us fruit booters? We would call them gays on trays. Um, nice. and, I love this. But rivalry. they would literally, they would just be like, they'd be like, "You fucking losers! Look at you!" And they would then they. They literally could barely ride their boards. They couldn't do any tricks. They couldn't do anything. And we would just be showing them up, and they would still just be like, whatever, it's because you're fucking gay. It's because we're all being stupid. Like, Which is the go-to. Of course. You know. Oh, yeah. Back in, There was like a time like whenever we you were You could kids. dismiss anything just, just by gay. saying. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's gay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn, damn it. it. And that's what killed rollerblading. Yeah. Wow. There is still like, I can't imagine, like every once in a while I looked, I, I try to find like a current rollerblading video, and they are still out there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the fact is, like for them. you don't see them 
Yeah. Ever. They, like, should, be, they should be in the X Games. And SoCal is the hub yeah. Yeah. like of all of those kind of sports. So you think you would see them every once in a while. You just don't. Mm-hmm. They're just not out there. I was anymore. always the rollerblader in that in video three game. Extreme, three Extreme. I was going to oh, say. Yeah. I always thought it was I the best. He was the best one. That was fun. Because he could do shit. Okay, so you said that your curfew, unless you were in trouble, which was always, was that trouble <laughs> in school, trouble at home, Everything. trouble at I home wouldn't, because I wouldn't, of school? I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't do my homework. Okay. I would talk back to my parents. I would threaten to kill myself. and uh, I would I would do anything just to make everyone's life around me a living hell. So what was the that high school? The exact opposite of the way I live now. Right. You yeah, know? Very true. Yeah, the So exact what opposite. was that high school experience like then in... Yeah, how Ta- you went you're to... You're saying Ta- Towson. It's Towson. Towson. And you Towson. went yes. to George George Washington Carver Center for Carver Arts Center and for the Arts and Technology, named so after George Washington Carver. Yep, mm-hmm. I went to an arts high school. Uh, so I, that's the thing. It's like I was still acting up, even though I went to an, a high school for acting. Like specifically, it seemed like a great high school. It was an amazing high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It was. There were nine different primes, as they call them, which oh. are basically like majors. It's a magnet they, school, right? It's a magnet yeah. school. So basically, there were two hundred people that were accepted into each class for varying uh, degrees of specialty, and some of them were artistic. Like there was music and theater and uh, visual arts and but then there was also like business and cosmetology carpentry culinary so if you knew that you probably weren't going to want to go to a regular college or you didn't want to have some fancy career but you're like well I can just get my cosmetology hours out of the way now. This will be considered my school. And then as soon as I graduate, I can basically just start working as a cosmetologist. Same with like carpentry, culinary, stuff like that. You gain all these skills. So if you don't want to go to a four-year institution after that, you're like ready to go into the workplace well more equipped than anyone else of your age would be. That's great. Um, Could you specialize in the cotton gin or no? No, no cotton gin. I mean, high school, we good. No. Oh. George Washington Carver, what? he was like a... Did he do something with peanut butter? He's, he's the no. peanut guy. Okay. He's, he I, was a, he was a city, he was a city planter. Peanut. I was going to say, it was either peanut butter or cotton, and I City planters peanuts. City planters, planters that's peanuts. the one. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was thinking. You just okay. got me back for the peep line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were in which academy? I was, I was in acting. Acting. I, was I, went, I wish I could have done that so bad. My high school, like they did a technical thing, but it was only for ag culture. Like, yeah. Like, like farming or welding that's it yeah uh man i wanted to do that so bad this it was is, yeah. even still though i was still i still was fucking around and right, not doing my like... work even though like that's the stuff i wanted to be doing but yeah i mean i would have theater class every single day you said and, your like, mom was an actress or my my grandmother was a professional my mom went to school for acting decided she wasn't good enough and became a lawyer that's right but yeah both your parents were large my right? mom and stepdad are lawyers yeah my dad's a general contractor oh, and right then my, but yeah my grandmother was in the theater her entire life. Like she was doing one woman shows into her early nineties. That's nice. amazing. Like yeah, it's, in Baltimore. It's in Baltimore, yeah. And my most of my. Uh, Were you around her a lot? Yeah, for sure. My my great aunt um, became was a dramaturg and a playwright and started writing plays specifically for my grandmother to perform in. So they would like they were sis- you know they were sisters in their late eighties early nineties. One of them was writing the plays and the other one was performing them. It was really quite remarkable. What are their names? Uh, Vivian Shubb and Naomi Greenberg. That's awesome. Um, Vivian Shubb is my is my actual grandmother, and Naomi was my great aunt. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just remarkable women, just incredibly smart, very dedicated, and just just proof that you never have to stop doing it if you love it. Yeah. I mean, literally, my grandmother did a one woman show at ninety two years old, nice. which is just baffling to in me in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's she she grew up in the she was a professional actress for 70, 70 years. Did she ever venture out to New York or L.A.? Yeah, she did. She did New York a little bit. She got an offer to do she had an offer to do this uh, this show that she ran uh, in Baltimore. She had an offer to do it like the Pasadena Playhouse and stuff like that. But she turned it down because she just didn't want to be away from her family Mm -hmm. that long because most of my family like at the time they were all living in Baltimore. Like they're all my mom's like their kids like all pretty much stayed right in the area whereas now my brothers and sisters I have dispersed all over the country. Wow. But yeah so like growing up like family was you know it was it was pretty big nice yeah i was lucky i was was lucky in that sense i just didn't appreciate it at the time so were they happy then that you went into the acting yeah definitely i mean they because they knew i just needed some sort of structure away from a traditional schooling because they knew they obviously for since fifth grade 
at fifth grade, I completely stopped doing my work. Like, I would turn in half-ass assignments, but I was very good at test-taking. I was, I was smart, and so I would get away, and I would continually, like, be put in these, like, better placement classes and stuff like that, and then I wouldn't do my work. They'd be like, if you don't do your work, you're gonna, we're going to kick you back down to the regular class. I'm like, thank God, please. Yeah. Will you please do that immediately? I don't want to do this extra work. Yeah, I did the I exact d- same thing. I don't want to do it. And then they started putting me in like there was like so there was like uh, on there was there was like uh, standard honors and gifted and talented. They kept putting me in gifted and talented, and I kept forcing them to put me at least back into honors because I was like, I don't. This, you're just making them do more work. Yeah, uh, this is the last thing I want to do. I know I, I was the exact same way. I didn't. It was something about like as soon as you made me have to do homework or any kind of like actual like getting the work done i was like i don't i I immediately shut down i'm like i can't do it it's something in my head i was like you're not paying me to do this i still struggle with it today the other night i i had to force i was like alex you know you got to write the script you know you you know it your show's in a month you know you need to write the script and i just literally was like yeah just just do it sit down and start fucking typing right now because you know how much better it will feel once you're done Mm -hmm. and of course it does you know it always feels better when you're done i also i dropped out of high school though that was my question is so did you graduate or i did end up graduating but in like my own way like i dropped out senior year three days in senior year i said fuck this i don't want to go anymore this is how that i mean that's true pure laziness i am in a magnet school where all i pretty much have to do is like go to a couple different classes and acting classes and i still like no too much I don't want to do it so I went to this uh, program called home and hospital where you actually they bring a phone into your home and you do like a conference call with a bunch of other kids that either got expelled or had babies or were sick and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so for four months I did school over the phone like a few hours every week just like that like Mm -hmm. which was insane and stupid uh, and so easy and I just felt like I was getting away with everything like I was like that was my parents solution I was just like I just felt like I had won the fucking lottery nice. you know and then they told me superintendent said I have to go back to graduate if I actually want a real degree and I have to take four classes my mom somehow I told him I wasn't gonna do it my mom bargained them down to two so I had to school go to school every my senior year my second semester I went to school every other day for three hours to take one English class and one acting class and what were the other kids doing I would be like, this guy... They fucking were just like, they didn't understand. They were like, why don't you just come back yeah. to school? And I was like, don't you understand how good I have it, guys? <laughs> I wish... I want to know what the other two classes she bargained you out of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. I uh, It was just... And then I did graduate. I did graduate, uh, I think. I must have, because I went to college on a big scholarship. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I ended up... On a scholarship? Yeah, and then I got a $40,000 scholarship to college. What You're, co- like, not making it easy for me to talk to my students I about, know, like, yeah. you got to persevere. <laughs> I know. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm basically... I've always been very good at talking my way into things yes, that I've wanted. Well, that it's like, it's what makes me a good comedian, is that I'm just... I'm good at speaking, and I'm mm-hmm. good at getting my point across, and I'm good but it making you realize that I that I'm right. Yes, I guess even tricking when you into thinking you're right. Yeah, yeah, even when I'm not necessarily yeah. right. And all those times I was definitely not right. What I was doing was not okay. And for me, I just kept getting away with it. So I was like, well, look who's just playing the system. Hell yeah, dude, that's the best skill you can learn. If I, if anything, you passed, right? Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you you pass the the main test is get away with it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So uh, where'd you get your scholarship to then? Yeah, Point you... Park University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah? Uh, yep, and I got expelled from there too. Uh, <laughs> but that was for accepting professional work. Like I did I did a pilot with MTV uh, when I was supposed to be in a play. Uh, and I was wait just, a like, second, was wait against. a second. So you were going on a, like an acting scholarship and you guys weren't allowed to do professional stuff? Not if you were in a school play. Weird. Only during the duration of the school play, or yeah, because they said I when I was so it's just like athletes not being able to do professional work. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it made me think of. Yeah, exactly. So they were basically saying, like, you know, my dean of my department was like, well, you can't go do this thing because you're in a play, and there's an unwritten contract that says when you when you get into a play here, you have to be in the play. I was like. And uh, like, first of all, there's an unwritten contract. Like, that's, that's the biggest shit ever. So I had like a couple of my teachers that really liked me were like, why are you not letting, why would you not want him to do this? Isn't right. that why they're in school? Exactly. Like, why don't we want to celebrate this if it gets big? Like, what if it gets big? Are you going to say he never went here? Yeah. And they were just like, it's too bad. Like, he, he made his choice. And so I was like, all right, bye. That's so weird. But then, you know, I just basically had to take a, I got expelled for one year. 
and then came back and had to finish what I had to finish. And I think I have a degree. I don't know if, to be honest, I don't know if I have any degree past seventh. Yeah, past I love fifth that you grade. don't need to know. You That's, don't need to know. I I, honestly, know. you know, I thought about the other day all the jobs that I've had in the ten years I've been out of college. Like, I could have said I went to Yale. Yeah, I was a guy that did that. I'm a Yale graduate, right? You had a guy. Oh yeah, we did have a guy. We had a guy who uh, he came in as an intern, an animator. He came in as an intern, wasn't getting paid, but he like was going to school at UCLA, and he really wanted to like learn from the best uh, main titles house in uh, in Los Angeles in the world. And so he came in doing free work, uh, and he was he was one of the best interns we had. And then at some point it was time, uh, you know, they were like, you know what? He's really good. He's actually a really good designer. Let's start giving him a, a wage, a small wage. Started doing that. Did that for a year. We realized he was never going to school. He never went to school. He completely lied about that. At some point, at that point, he had gotten so good that we were wanting to hire him. And he was getting work at other places, too, for $500 a day. And he, we realized he never went to school. He learned everything he'd learned on YouTube and just yeah. by being in the office. The thing is, like, at this point, the only real... Because my, my girlfriend's sister is about to graduate from... Get her master's in business school at USC. And I was like, you know, you already, you've already done all this school. What's the point of this one? And she's like, it's just networking. Like, it's, yeah. that's all it is. You're just networking with these people at a higher level of business than you're, than you're used to being around so that when you go into the business world, you can just say, oh, yeah, I went to USC. And then other people that went to USC are like, oh, she went to USC. Well, you know, my son went to USC. Yeah, that's all you're doing it for mm-hmm. anymore. And in some sectors, that's you important. still do need to do that. But yes. for a lot of them, especially arts and yeah. you know, acting and yeah, that. Just learn how to do it. Yes. I, I mean, I Work wish... system, baby. I, I wasn't ready to be a comedian when I was like 18, 19, 20. Even, yeah, you let's know, talk I about that. How'd you get into it? I wasn't... Uh, but... I guess, uh, I mean... I should have been doing it a lot longer. Like I when when I was in Pittsburgh, uh, going to school, I became a tour guide on duck boats. You know the amphibious World yep. War II vehicles, and I would do like six one-hour tours a day. I would write my own jokes for the script and stuff like that. I was doing it with my friends. We were all like silly, big, fat, funny guys. Like so, we were just like you know we were sharing jokes with each other, and we were just crushing these tours. And people would get off the tour and be like, "Oh, so what do you go to the stand-up comedy club right next door when you're done?" There was a stand-up comedy club directly next door to where the boats let off that I was next to every day and I never went in there a single time. Yeah. I never even thought to go in there. It wasn't a thing that you thought about doing, especially like what year was that? Around like 2006 or yeah, whatever? About, yeah. yeah, about that. Then and before, I remember thinking like stand-up comedy, I loved it. I like would watch it all the time. But yeah. to me, like when we were younger, like 90s and 2000s, like stand-up comedy was something that you either did a long time ago, like 70s, 80s or whatever, or you had to be like a character. You know, you had to be like the guy who's like the black guy from the hood or the country guy, Jeff Foxworthy. It wasn't something like you just as a normal guy could do. It didn't, didn't seem yeah, like I it. didn't think I could just walk in there and exactly. be like, okay, can I do this? And it really, so like I, as much as I always loved it, I never thought about doing, I thought about doing it, just had no idea how. Then I moved out here to act because I was already in SAG. I joined SAG when I was in college. When I got expelled, I started doing like, I got in a couple movies that were filming there. So when my friends were doing school plays, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go shoot this movie with the guy who just made super bad. Bye guys. You yeah. know? Uh, so I felt like a badass all the time. Nice. Um, and then I moved here and like a few months later I started comedy mainly because my friend pushed me into it. Like he, the, I saw my friend do a show at the comedy store and it was a bringer show. I didn't know what that was. I didn't, it, you know, nobody tells you, Hey, you want to come to my bringer show? Nobody. Yeah. And for those that don't know, that's when you have to bring us, you promise to bring a certain amount of people so that they will, sh- so that you can have five or six minutes of stage time. No joke. I see my friend at the comedy store. I'm so excited to be there. He's in the belly room. He goes up 27th on the lineup. (laughs) Exactly. 27th. (laughs) And I sat there watching all of these people going like, this is who performs here? Like, so few of these people are funny. Yeah. So few. What... And I don't know what uh, to me. That's just these are the comics of the comedy store. Yeah. I don't know any better. So I'm going. I'm sitting there thinking, like, I think I could do this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I saw that moment of like, if these people are doing this, mm-hmm. I can definitely do this. And that's what got me started. That's cool. So you're so you knew you wanted to do something with comedy. You just weren't sure what that was going to be. And yeah, then... I mean, I knew I wanted to be. I wanted to be like a comedic actor, right? Like, yeah. you know, I wanted what to you do. Thought your right. I wanted to be like a Chris Farley type or something like that. But then I never thought about doing stand-up as the vessel to get me there. Mm -hmm. And then 
when I first the first time I did it. Like literally, I got booked on a show, like a bringer show as well. The guy's like, "All right, cool, you can do a show in two weeks." And I was like, "All right, fine." So two weeks, I spent. I wrote six minutes of material. I just practiced it, you know, hairbrush in the mirror style, like time and time again. Got that thing so down, like just like rehearse, 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 go, go, go. And the first time I did it, I was like, "Oh." Oh. Did it go well the first time? Of course, everyone nice. everyone, yeah. everyone goes well the first time. Yeah, and it's, then you have a year, and then of you shit. eat shit as many times as you Why can. Why is that? What happened? There, people. I think a lot of times people give you the benefit of the doubt. Like this guy brought me up; it's his first time, and yeah. like I clearly, I clearly wasn't terrible. Like I actually, I've like I've. But listened. the confidence you had confidence the first time, right? I had some. Con- I definitely had some confidence because I'd been an actor for so yeah. long. So I definitely went out there with some confidence. Um, I spoke way too fast, but mm-hmm. other than that I was a funny person and a decent joke writer so even for a first set like my six minutes was actually not terrible like I mean I've 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 gone back and like listened to it a few times I wish I still had mine you were on the she was on the phone in my pocket the first time oh yeah yeah I wish I still had it I remember uh when I got off stage it was at the comedy store at the potluck first time ever eight years ago and uh, I remember looking back, realizing how big of a burn this is, but not thinking at the time like, oh, nice, because uh, the eight people in the crowd were actually laughing. And I get off and Benji, if Layla uh, gets up there, he's like, oh, wow, you guys actually thought that was funny. All right. Coming up next. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, they did. They did think it was funny. <laughs> uh, that's that's how that used to be, man. That's, yeah. how, that's how potluck always was. I never went because of that. I was yeah. like, I don't want to just get made fun of. I don't need to be in this mean ass place. Yeah. Well, hell, that means you came out here, you did comedy, and then, it, you know, how long you been doing it? About eight, seven years, eight years? Comedy? Ten years? Nine. Nine. Just at nine. Yeah, I knew it was around there. Um, so what What from your hometown or growing up or Baltimore, what did you take with you? What, what I think, um, shaped you? I think there's a little bit of a rawness and a fearlessness to me that I developed from living in that city for so long, and I think also from... Um, from just how I viewed myself, like I was always a little, I was always very protective of myself. And then I think when I learned to open myself more and just accept that this is who I am and I'm a beautiful person, just like everybody else is that I really started to, um, be more, um, in touch with my emotions and be more vulnerable on stage. But I still had a fearlessness and a toughness from like growing up in Baltimore and having to defend myself all the time from getting made fun of that I think uh, really resonates in my stand up. I mean, it definitely does in roast battles. That's the one I was always like, you know, I just. I knew how to fight people off when they were making fun of me. Mm-hmm. Like I knew how to verbally just yeah, dissect. Yeah, you or me. It's you or me. And that's it. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna punch you. I've never been a violent person, but I will verbally eviscerate you uh, <laughs> if you go after me. And that's what I used to. That's what I used to have to do all the time growing up. And so roast battle just seemed like a perfect vessel for me to be able to do it. Hence, how many titles do you? How many roast? Roast battle championships do you have under your belt? Oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, was I was a reigning. Champ. Yeah, I was yeah. a reigning champ for like over a year. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to do it on TV a few times and stuff. So Comedy yeah. Central. Yeah, well, baby. From the from Maryland uh, to to rollerblading around the city the real, to Broad Street. The real Lord of Baltimore. Coming out here, shedding your inner Leonard, becoming roast no battle more champion, Leonard. and. Uh, that's it, Pug man. Pug yoga, all that good stuff. Pug yoga, yes. From from Leonard to yoga, uh, that is the story of Alex Hooper from Baltimore, Maryland. Thanks so much for coming. Oh, in, thanks man. for having me, you guys. This thanks. was a blast. Hell yeah, good dude. Good time. All right, and uh, one more time, you can catch Alex's uh, album, uh, Hugs, Pugs, and Drugs. Yeah, Hugs, Drugs, Pugs. Hugs, go to drugs, honestly pugs. the easiest. Go to HooperComedy.com. HooperComedy.com. You will find com. everything on there. Nice. Listen to it. Spotify, iTunes, everything. Uh, Cool, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you.